Good leaders are good coaches. Therefore, if we're going to be and train excellent leaders, we need to gather the best practices from coaches. In this episode and the next, we'll be interviewing local coaches to glean leadership lessons from the gridiron. Coach Justin Collender has been a high school football coach for well over a decade. In that time, he's seen a variety of athletes grow from being awkward tweens to highly successful adults. He shares the leadership lessons learned from his time on the football field and in the hallways of Camp Meridian High. Let's get after it. We have a professional obligation for the ethical application of, uh, of force. You can have a growth mindset where you're always achieving for better. This is about us, about our guard, our reputation. We are all in this together. Outthink, outmaneuver, and outfight the enemy. If you wage war, do it energetically and with severity. This is the only way to make it shorter and consequently less inhumane. All right, thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Raven Report. I'm on with a cho- coach, uh, Justin Ka- Callender. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Perfect. Like on the wall. I, I'm really bad with uh, uh, intros, so, so bear with me. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're the head football coach at Camp Meridian, correct? I, actually, I, I was up until uh, the end of this last year. Um, I am now the defensive coordinator at Kent Lake High School. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm actually um, uh, applied for a job uh, at Kent Ridge High School as the head football coach. So uh, hopefully that works out for me. So I've got got a couple oh, things right. going, but definitely couldn't be away from football right. for more than uh, about three months. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what started that that love for football for you? Uh, honestly, when I was a kid, um, you know, like uh, back in the day watching um, like Army-Navy game, uh, you know, as far back as I can remember, I'm a uh, Notre Dame fan, so I love Notre Dame. Uh, when I was a little guy, that they were like the only TV show on, you know, on Saturdays, so I used to watch football all day. Uh, I just started loving football. Uh, my family, you know, everybody in my family, we're all larger humans, and, you know, I'll play football. My dad played football in college. My grandfather played football back in uh, the day for uh, Navy. Um, you know, so it's just like, it's just kind of been in my blood. Um, I just fell in love with the game. Um, I actually fell in love with competing. Um, I'm, I'm very competitive. So I love sports and kind of what they teach everybody. Um, but obviously football is my, my main love. Um, I used to think when I was a little kid, I was going to be a professional baseball player, but then um, I realized I was too slow. Um, and so <laughs> then I uh, start, <laughs> started, started just playing football uh, in junior high and just fell in love with the game. Um, and the camaraderie and the friendship. And I mean, I mean, there's guys that I went to high school with that I'm still friends with. Right. Yeah. So, so, it's okay. I mean, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll edit, edit out any of the background okay, noise. Sorry. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's there people that you, uh, you played high, uh, football with that you're still friends now. Oh, high school guys. Um, we all, we get together every year. Um, I, I graduated from Renton high school. Um, and, uh, my, uh, we played football, um, but we were we were pretty good. I mean, I love those guys. My the my head coach is now my was my offensive coordinator last five years. Um, I mean, so I keep in touch with him. He's one of those guys that I can't call. You know, I don't call him by his first name. He's still Coach Williams. Um, but like the guys that I went to high school with, I'm still best friends with. I mean, we get together at least twice a year. Uh, we lost we lost the state championship my senior year, and lost in the third round of the playoffs my junior year. So. I mean, we were a pretty good football team, and we had six guys go Division One, um, right. and so that was pretty awesome. I started out uh, Division One. I, I played at the Air Force Academy, oh. um, and then unfortunately uh, blew my knee out against uh, Colorado, Colorado State, and ended up transferring to a small school down in Oregon. Right. Well, so, I didn't know. I didn't realize that uh, you had that uh, military affiliation in your background. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, uh, you know, I, I did the. I finished my first year of the academy, and uh, I actually. Um, I got pneumonia. I uh, got really, really sick and ended up missing finals. And I was academically ineligible. Um, and then I was just like, man, there's something. Uh, but I, so I ended up leaving there, but I, I was in the reserves. Um, as a matter of fact, I was in the ready reserve when uh, 9-11 happened. Um, so I oh, just graduated. Wow. Yeah, I just graduated from Willamette when that happened. And uh, I was in re- uh, active ready reserves. I was, uh, I, was I thought I was going to was for sure I was going to get called up and I never did, which I'm like, well, I, so it was, it was crazy. I had, I had two young kids at the time. And so, um, but you know, it was one of those things I was ready. So what made you choose the uh, Air Force Academy? You know, I think every kid in my generation fell in love with Top Gun um, and everybody wanted to be, you know, Maverick. Um, so 
I wanted to be a fighter pilot and, you know, I went, uh, I went on, I was recruited by several schools. I think I had uh, seven offers and I, I really liked um, the Air Force Academy just because I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I always kind of saw myself in the military. My grandfather, you know, went to Annapolis and graduated right before World War II. Um, and so kind of was like the whole, I got, you know, I was in the military type thing. I fell in love with it. And, you know, I thought I was gonna be a career, you know, officer um, as a fighter pilot. Um, but, you know, I think you don't really understand. And, and, you know, I didn't have the, like my, my, my mom and dad weren't military. So I didn't really understand the whole thing. And so I think when I got there, um, first of all, I was too big to be a pilot, which was a bummer. And right. so, um, they said I could be, I could fly cargoes, which is like, okay, well that's, that's cool. Um, and then I found out I got to be, uh, like a, a bomber pilot, which is like, oh, that'd be even cooler. And so like, I was in the track to fly B-52s. Um, but then like the knee thing. Uh, blew my knee out, almost lost my leg. Um, I had a blood clot. And so uh, that was right before Thanksgiving. And then, uh, you know, I made it through Christmas and all that. And then I got pneumonia, like end of February. And at the end of February, is, uh, like we had our finals and I got like super sick. I had pneumonia. Um, at one point they thought I was going to die. <laughs> so uh, they flew my mom out. So that was pretty serious. So yeah, that is pretty serious. That's pretty crazy, I, chose, I chose the air. I, I mean, I went to the Air Force Academy because I wanted a career afterwards. Um, you know, I think my parents convinced me that I probably wouldn't be in the NFL. Um, and so, you know, I was like, well, let's make sure I have something afterwards. And, you know, I did that. And I, I mean, I thought I was, I, I still don't regret the choice. Um, I regret, you know, like getting sick. Um, but, you know, I was trying to stay up late studying and, and just, I had the flu and didn't take care of myself and hard lesson learned. So, right, right. Well, that's a lot of, uh, there, there's so many ways to take that. Like there, there's, there's, there's a lot of disappointment. So like early on in your life. So like, how did that, um, I guess one is like, how do you overcome stuff like that? Number two is like, uh, how did that shape you, uh, especially as a coach going forward? Um, I think overcoming it, um, you know, I, I kind of grew up, um, you know, a single mom, you know, my dad was in and out of my life, but, uh, a glass half full kind of person. Um, and so, you know, I think, I was taught at an early age, you learn from mistakes and learn from hardships, right? And, you know, what was the definition of insanity? You know, doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting different results, right? And so, like, I just think, you know, I, I had a plan for my life. I had a plan for myself. Um, and I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I wasn't really going to let anything get in the way of that. Um, I was very driven, even as a, as a little guy. Um, you know, my mom, you know, I was the oldest. I have four younger sisters. My mom is very, you know, like, this is what you're doing. Um, but not to the point where, like, she wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. Uh, she let me make my own decisions. But she was very, like, like, you know, there's there's no option of you not going to college. You know, there's no option of this or that. And, you know, ended up, like, all of my, like, three of my sisters, all of us got, uh, they didn't get football scholarships. They got um, athletic scholarships, too, to go to college. And so, you know, one sister was on a track scholarship. And two other sisters run a uh, soccer scholarship. So, I mean, very athletic group. Um, my youngest sister actually has Down syndrome. So um, she did not go to college, uh, but she's doing very well now. But, you know, very adjusted. But it's pretty interesting, just the whole, like, driven, yeah. you know, athletics. have always been part of our family. I mean, I started playing, like, baseball when I was, like, four. You right. know, and I wanted to compete with my older cousins and that kind of stuff. So it was very, you know, like, like sports have always been all of our lives. Right, right. So do you think like um, that involvement in sports really kind of like helped craft like, I guess, the character traits that, that helped you kind of overcome things as things didn't go your, your way in the Air Force Academy? Yeah, 100 um, percent. I think, you know, like like you win, you don't win every game, right? You, you lose and you got to learn from that. Um, I mean, and it wasn't like I was losing when I was at the Air Force Academy. It just it was it was a it was a setback, but I knew that there was other stuff to happen. Right. Um, you know, and, and I was, I was blessed to have the opportunity to keep playing football and, and I was doing, I did track as well. And I did track at the Air Force Academy too, but, you know, I was very blessed to be able to do football and track. Um, and I had the opportunity to keep playing and, and I, I landed in a great situation, um, at Willamette cause there were, there were NA, there were division three. Um, and so like, I didn't have to sit out, um, cause I actually played a lot of the Air Force Academy as a freshman. Um, uh, but I, I went in and, and as a true freshman at Willamette. As a freshman, um, I guess freshman, because um, right. unfortunately, like aeronautical engineering classes do not transfer over to Willamette University. 
Right. And so, yeah, <laughs> odd. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I started I started as a true freshman, and we lost the national championship that year um, to a team out of Ohio. But we were on a very, very good team, and I was really, really excited about that. So. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's so like, like you go to uh, like, you know, state and, and whenever you're in high school, then you're like a division level team. So you've been on a lot, yeah. a lot of like really high performing teams. Uh, a lot. And I've also been on teams where, you know, we didn't win a game. Um, and so that's been tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, right. Well, um, so, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get uh, get some local coaches on the podcast is because, um, you know, we're big on reading uh, like football. Uh, well, I guess they're like sport type books but they're almost always football so like mm -hmm. uh like it's fourth and goal every day uh but like nick, nick same or it's about nick yeah. same as and uh, um things like that and so uh i guess my question to you with that kind of experience what really made the difference between the winning teams and the losing teams like what were those dynamics and, and like how do you how do you replicate them winning is is i mean it's you, you it's i think it's some luck but i think a lot of it is what you do two years before um, with football, I think, you know, especially with, with football more so is, is how you prepare, you know, as a freshman or, you know, eighth grader, freshman and sophomore is how you're going to do as a junior and senior. Um, you know, and I, I'm big on like it, like here at KM, like all the incoming freshmen, like this last year, all the football players are in weightlifting. And right. so I was like very big on getting all the kids into weightlifting and, and that stuff. Um, and we, we were, I felt like we were turning the corner, um, a couple of years ago on that, uh, COVID hit and then kind of set us back. But, you know, I think there's a lot of factors in, in a successful football program and a successful sports team, um, because, you know, you can have nine guys doing the right thing on a football field, but two guys not. And, but the guy that they miss, it makes a tackle. Right. And so it takes 11 guys. And I think part of it is you got to have kids that, that like are willing to, I, you don't, you know, I mean, not necessarily die for each other, but like, like I'm going to walk down a dark alley with these other 10 guys and we're all going to fight together and we're all going to come out the other side. And right. like, and I think that that's like the team, the camaraderie is I think what wins um, because you're not going to give up on the guy next to you. And I think that's why the military thing is big because I mean, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, I've, I've never been in a war, so I can't say anything, but I mean, you're fighting, you're not, I mean, you're fighting for your country, but you're also fighting for the guy next to you. Yeah, you know, and because you want him to go home too, you right. know, and I think that whole aspect was is huge, and I got that when I was at the Air Force Academy and doing you know training and stuff like that. But I think the football thing is too. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you got the name of the school on your back or on your chest, and your name on your back, and that's that's who you're going for, right? You know, right. and it's the guy next to you that you want to help win. And you know, at the end of the day, I mean, like nobody likes losing, but like Kobe Bryant said, you learn more from losing than you do from winning. You know, right. and, and I tell the kids all the time, like the Kobe Bryant thing, like I always say, because I'm a Jordan guy and I think that, you know, he's the greatest player of all time and young people don't agree with me, but they're wrong. And um, I think that like, you know, I say Kobe Bryant's the worst basketball player of all time. And they're like, wait, what? And because Kobe Bryant missed the most shots ever. Right. Nobody remembers that part. Right. And so it's interesting, like nobody remembers that part, but he did miss the most shots of all time. So right. we also consider top three. And so is he a loser? Well, no, but technically he is if he missed the most shots. And so, and Babe right. Ruth had the most strikeouts, right? We also had the most home runs for a while. Right. And so, but I just think it's interesting. Like people don't remember that stuff, but you know, you learn more from losing. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying like, Hey, KM kids are going to be better off in life because they didn't win a football game in three years. But you know, <laughs> at the same time, they're more, they, they came to practice every day. And, you know, they believed in something and they believed in each other. And, and I mean, every year, you know, I, I, I always had every year we, we grew the program, you know, and I missed mean, last year at one point we had, I think, 103 helmets out. Right. And so, oh, wow. yeah. So like, I mean, it was, a, it, it's growing every year because um, kids believe, you know, and our, our slogan, our slogan last year was make them believe. Cause like, I believe we had, a, we had a pretty dang good team and uh, you know, I mean, we could have easily been five and three you know, and gone to the playoffs and, you know, a couple games here, you know, we lost one in double overtime, you know, we lost another one by three points. I mean, we were close. Uh, only one game where we got, you know, running clock on um, or two games, sorry. And those got out of hand because a couple plays here or there. I mean, it's those, you know, football is like those four plays, right? 
And so, you know, you make those four plays, you win. You you don't make those four plays, you lose. Um, and so that's part of what kind of what we we've dealt with here. But you know, I think our kids are special. I've I've always I will always believe that, um, no matter what. And they're just they're great great young men and women because we had women and we had a couple uh, female coaches. And I think things happen for a reason, and I think that they're going to be better for it. So. Uh-oh, I think I lost you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Like, uh, kind of what I hear, hear you saying is the thing that seems to, uh, to make the difference between the, those teams is just like a, a culture where you're you're selfless and you're kind of like looking at, at, at each other. Like, I want us to do well. Not necessarily yeah. I want me to do well. Uh-huh. So, as a yeah. coach, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you nailed it right there. You nailed it right there. Because the teams that, like the kids that come around and be like, well, I scored four touchdowns. I got mine. Those are the teams that aren't very good. But when it's like, hey, the, the guy that scored the, the four touchdowns goes and tells the offensive line, I wouldn't have got there without you guys. You know? Right. You know, the quarterback's like, hey, thanks for great protect. I mean, look, the guys that are selfless, you know, and and I was really happy about this last year's team because, like, during the summer, like, we, you know, I bring popsicles or people would donate food or do this or this. And everybody made sure, like, there were certain guys that would, like, leaders would make sure the other guys ate before they ate. Or, and, and like, that was, I mean, I'm kind of getting goosebumps because that was, that, that made it as a team for me. And I, like, I, like, we were so close last year. I mean, honestly, like we should have won a lot more and I blame myself. I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's my fault, but you know, I learned from it and I hope the kids learn from it, but they were selfless and being right. selfless makes a winning team. So, and, so and, and, sorry. No, no. So how, how do you how do you instill that in your in your teams? Like, how do you grow that? Like, I mean, or is it is something that they just show up with? I, I think it, they have it, but I also think it starts from the top. Um, right. You know, like I'm the type of person that after a football game, we clean the locker room before we leave, you know, and and leave it nicer than we found it. And it, it got like the first week, like the very first home game or whatever game we have. I'm usually the last one in there cleaning up. Right. But by week three. I don't have to clean up anything. Right. And it is, and, and I do it every year. And it's not like I tell the seniors, Hey, make sure the locker room's clean. Cause I don't, I don't say a word. I just right. do it. And people see it, kids see it. And they're like, but I think it, it's honestly, it starts with the top, you know, the coaching right. staff, are they selfless? You know, do they make sure, you know, or, or when I, you know, like team dinners, like who's the first people in line usually. Right. You know, I always say, and I'm not trying to bag on them, but like wristband wears. So my wristband wears are your receivers, your front runners, right? The Deion right. Sanders type players. They're the ones that always go to the front of the line, right? They're the ones that double up, maybe not eat all the food, right? And the linemen are always the last guys, right? This, like linemen are selfless in life, you know? <laughs> I mean, I was linemen since, honestly, probably since birth, right? So I always think it's like, those guys are the ones that wait, you know, they're always the last ones up there. You know, they, you know, they're the most humble. They're always the ones to say thank you. And I, I noticed that like, when I call, like other guys are like, hey, let the linemen go first. And it's, like that's how you know it's going to be a special team and a special group of kids to me is they're selfless and they 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 recognize it and they know their own limitations. Right, right. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty powerful to uh, to see. Like, uh, there's there's correlations between that and the military for sure. Because like when you talk about like it being from the top, I've I've been in for 18 years. I've been in a lot of different units. I've seen uh-huh. a lot of different leadership dynamics, and. Um, one of which, like, I've seen, like, really, really selfless, like, good leaders that would, like, leave cash at our armory to turn around and, and to be used for whatever comes up. But, like, we don't have to, we can sidestep the bureaucracy, just take my money and make it happen, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've seen other guys that, that are that are very much about, um, I want to protect me, I want me to look good, and, you know, hopefully that helps everybody else, but I don't care. And the, the dynamics inside the units almost always reflect that like it's it's incredible to, to see like if you have a truly selfless leader at the top how much that does seem to trickle down so it's kind 100%. of interesting to see that you're seeing the same thing uh, as, a, as a high school football coach sorry i was gonna say even oh, as a, i coach track as well and like I, the, the, i'm not a head coach for track but those guys are selfless and they're they're great leaders and it and it shows like as kids you see them doing their the right stuff without having to ask. Um, right. And I think I think people look at our kids because our kids aren't your typical white kids. Uh, I mean, like we have, I think we're the third most diverse school in the country. Um, oh, I mean, wow. I have classes where, I have classes where kids are straight from Afghanistan. Uh, we had a kid that moved from Afghanistan last week. He started Monday. 
And I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. It is. And yeah. it's awesome at the same time. And, yeah. you know, I've learned so much from all these kids that are from all over the world. And, but like, it, it just shows it, it, it's like, these kids are selfless. And I think it, it, it permeates throughout the building. And, and the people look at our kids and they're like, Oh, well, they're this or that. And it's like, they're really not. I mean, they're the most grateful kids I've ever had. You know, and I've coached at other schools where it's just been like, I'm getting all my food. I don't really care. I don't, you know, oh, we got to eat, we got to eat chicken again, like, or steak. It's like, seriously, <laughs> like, right. you know, and, and they're just humble. And, and, but, and it starts with the, the, the coaches here that are just, I think, amazing selfless people, because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to win, but we also know that, you know, it's also important to show these kids that it's important to be good people, you know, and be, you know, humble and work hard because, you know, at the end of the day, nothing's given, right? I mean, everything's earned in life. Um, you know, our kids aren't given, hey, hey, when you turn 18, college, I've got college covered, right? Our kids are like, well, how am I going to pay for college? And there's, you know, they kind of come up with solutions and, and, and it, our coaches had to come up with solutions. Like how, you know, like for me, I started as the head coach here, we were $6,000 in debt. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so we had to figure out a way because I needed to buy this and that. So we had to fundraise. We had to find ways. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we line up across from another team. They don't care if we have money or not. They're just going to play football. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, I didn't realize that y'all were uh, as coaches like that involved in trying to like take care of your students, like after high school. So like, I'd be really, I mean, I, I I follow him. I just, uh, I couldn't go out there, but I had our starting nose tackle or he was the starting nose tackle Montana state uh, graduated five years, four years ago. Um, And and he graduated from Montana state this year um, with an engineering degree. And, and I couldn't fly out to the, I couldn't fly out to his graduation, but, I, you know, I mean, I still keep in touch with all my guys. Um, you oh. know, I mean, I think the greatest thing about coaching is like getting invited to weddings, you know, and, and, you know, I've never had a kid named their kid, their son or son after me, which is disappointing, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I mean, my son, uh, my son's a freshman in college or so, going to be a sophomore. And my best friend in college is the head coach where he plays football at same place. I went to Willamette and oh. he's named after the head coach. And like, I, I mean, football, like, I mean, Isaac is my guy, you know, and my son's name is Parker, Isaac Parker. Um, and so it's just like, that's, and then, I mean, it just, yeah. it does something different. I don't know. It's just different, but like, like these guys, I will always have a connection with these players with me and I I'm emotional. Um, I'm a big, I cry. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, and so <laughs> like, okay. I love these kids like my own sons. So yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So where does that like uh, that come from? Because that's something that, that we would love to like, um, you know, like to emulate or to get our leaders to that point that they would care about their soldiers in the same way that they would follow them even after they they I, they leave the Washington National Guard. Like, but what does I mean? How, I where does that come from? I mean, for me, it's 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 football. For me, is family. Um, you know, growing up with a single mom. I mean, the guys I play. I mean, the the men that coach me are I still you know like I have one guy that was my junior high coach I call him coach dad um because you know my dad wasn't there um and so a lot of a lot of the kids I they don't have dads you know and then some of them have great dads right and so it's just you know one of my co-workers his son plays for me and he's right over here and he's an awesome dad he's got four boys and their boys are studs but he's a, he's an involved dad but then there's other kids no dad at all and you know like I recognize that and like we might be the only positive male they see in their entire life and as teachers, you know, especially, you know, like when they grow up, elementary and junior high, most teachers are women. When you get to high school, most teachers are men. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when they get to us, like, they don't really have that, you know. And so, we, can, we can't be jerks. We can't be a-holes, right? And right. so, you know, I think part of it is, like, even in the military is you have to be able to, I think, you have to care, you know. And, and they have to know you care. And that, right. I mean... And how do you show you care about somebody? I mean, it's not like, hey, I'm going to die for you if there's a school shooter. It's more like, right. yeah, you know, it's like, you know, kids are like, I mean, I bring snacks. You know, I bring snacks all the time and we all bring, we all do stuff. Like a kid says, hey, can I have it? Yeah. Like I'm eating one Pop-Tart. Hey, can I have the other one? Yeah. And, and kids recognize that. Um, right. And they know that you're willing to do whatever you want. Like, you know, like it, I'm sure like if you eat an MRE, right. And like, <laughs> I know the peach cobbler is the best. Um, and so like, if you're willing to give up your peach cobbler, I like that guy. Right. And so like, I kind of feel like, like these kids know that we care for them and I'll do anything. Like, 
you know, I tell them like, Hey, I'm here for you always. If you need a job reference, you know, and, and I mean, I'm a type of person and I, there's coaches out there all over better than me, but they go out, we go out and we try to like network, you know, I'm not afraid to go talk to an electrician about how do I get kids in the union, you know, or talk to this person, like, how do I get guys in the military, you know, and, right. you know, I've, I've helped kids pass the, um, the, ASVAB. the, the yeah, ASVAB, you know, and I, I mean, actually I have a book that I keep, like, if you borrow it, I want it back because I want to be able to share it with other kids and like, they know, like they can come to us, you know, and, right. you know, I even have a relationship with people that kids that don't play, you know, sports for me. And right. it's just, you know, you have that, you know, it's like, well, I, I got to work. All right. I get that, you know, but I'm always like, I'm always asking them, why don't you come out for football? Why don't you do track? Why don't you wrestle? You should play basketball. Cause I think it's important to play sports for anything. Because if you think about the people that don't play sports, they don't really, they, they're not the people that they don't care about anything, you know? And it's yeah. like, I mean, you play sports cause you care about something, right? You represent your school. You join the military cause you love your country, right? Right. I mean, and, that, and that's the bottom line. I mean, so you gotta, you gotta have a reason. What's your passion? Why are you doing what you do? Yeah. So, like what's your purpose? Uh, yeah. For sure. What's your why? What's your why? Yeah. You know, my why is, and I say this all the time is I want to make the, I want to make you better than you thought you ever could be. That's my why. Yeah. So uh, how do you, uh, like we, there was a, I think it was Bill Walsh that, that was like real big on that. Like a, a leader is a coach, even if you're not a coach per se, but like yeah. if you're a military commander, like your job is to coach the, the people below you and, and try to raise the, them up. So my question to you is like, what makes a good coach? Like, like how, how, like how, what can we learn from you guys that, that we can bring in our formation that makes us better coaches for our soldiers? Well, how do you, have you ever seen that? Like, I think it's a cartoon where it's like, are you a leader or do you lead? And like, if you lead, I think it was like the, the later was yelling at the guys to like, he was hitting them with a whip to pull, like yeah. pull rock or something like that. And then right. a leader is on there with the rope, holding, pulling the rock with them, right? With the guys. And I, I mean, if you think about it, like the good effective leaders are the guys that are, you know, in the mud with you. Right. And they're the ones that are, that are not, they're not the ones going, Hey, I need you to go do this and this. I'm going to stay back here. You know, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, football, I can't go play, right? I'm too old, but I mean, right. I'm there with them. I weightlift with them. I do all that stuff, you know, and it's like, I'm there and they see that, you know, I'm not, right. I don't hire somebody else to run my weight room, right? I don't hire somebody else to do conditioning. I mean, I'm there with them. I'm always there with them, right? I don't have somebody right. go cover doing this while I can go do something else. You're there. And an effective leader is somebody that's, yeah. that's present, right? No. Uh, yeah, I just uh, started the, another book. Uh, it's by an old British general. His name is JFC Fuller, and he write, writes he writes a lot of stuff. But he has a book called uh, "On Generalship, Its Diseases and Cures," and it's it's a short book. I would, I would commend it to you because you can get it for free on Amazon on Kindle. It's like uh -huh. it takes like an hour to read, and uh, it it basically makes that point. And he goes through it, and he's talking about from his own personal experience, not academically, just saying like I was at this battle. I saw this guy, this two-star general, the British army was sleeping in a hole next to his guys. This guy's loved it. And then he, yeah. he goes on to other people. He's like, there was this general I saw in France. He would never leave Paris. Like he, his guys were out doing something, but he's, you know, in, in Paris, like away from him. So what yeah. you're saying definitely it's, I mean, that's, that's, that Fuller was around in the forties. I think this whenever he finally like retired out of the British army, like right before World War II, like, like for maybe mm -hmm. it was in the thirties, but either way, I mean, it's, it's an old trope and like, a, it definitely seems to ring true you know, in both warfare and in, uh, in football. Oh, and, and in life. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like I think I've, I, you know, the teacher, you know, I've had, I've had principals that are in the hallways, talking to kids, engaging, talking to teachers. And I've had principals I never see. And it's the same thing. I mean, it's like, like they say something, you're like, who the hell is this guy? Right. I mean, you know, or they say something, you're like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And I mean, there's a huge difference, you know? I mean, like, will he go do that? Probably not. Okay, then, then, eh, you know, I'll find an excuse, right? And there's a final reason to like, oh, I'm going to miss this. But I mean, if they're in there with you, there's not, there's no excuse. There's no reason. Let's do this. You know, right. and I think, I think that's what you need. I mean, like, I think as people, we, we, we want leaders, right? We want people to be strong. We want, but we also want people to be caring and, you know, compassionate and understand that, we all make mistakes. Right. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I'm not perfect, you know, I'm near perfect, but not perfect. Um, I'm far from perfect. And, you know, I always tell the kids, what's the one thing you can't change your right. past. You can't change your past. 
You can only change your future. So if it happened, who cares? Move on, right? Own it, move on, because there's nothing you can go do about it. You know, right. and, and there's things I've done that I've been embarrassed about, you know, as a, as a man, as a professional, you know, as a, as a dad, I mean, I'm not, but I can't change it. Right. I own it. You suck it up and you just move on. Right. So right. adversity, you know, like sharpens a stone and like a book that I finished, I've read like three times now, Jocko Willink, uh, uh, ownership. ownership. Yeah. yeah. Extreme ownership. That to me is huge because when somebody says it's my fault. Okay. Like this guy just jumped on the sword, jumped on the grenade for me. You know, he, he owned it. All right. I believe him, you know, and right. you know, I'm the type of person like, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I hope I've never blamed a kid for losing. Um, I blamed like myself. I blamed situations, but I don't think I've ever been like, we lost the game because Billy Joe didn't do this. Not never done that. And so, right. you know, it's just at the end of the day, we lost because of me. And, you know, I, I know that. And, Part of the reason why I kind of stepped down because I want to see, I need to grow. And one of the things I've noticed as a head coach is it's hard to grow because you're, you've got so much going on. Um, and then unless you have like really competent coaches um, and I have a lot of young guys and they're great coaches. I mean, the people I've coached with have been awesome, but that wasn't like, they were football coaches, but they weren't other. Right. And so it's hard to, to have all those tools. Right. I mean, you got a couple tools in your, in your toolbox, but, you don't have all 18, right? You have, you have nine, you have half. And so I, I, one of the things I want to do is I want to learn to be a better coach. I want to learn, you know, more intricacies on how to run a defense and more intricacies on how to run an offense. And so, you know, that's why I kind of stepped down because I know I'm not where I want to be, but I want to get to that point. And so I'm willing to take a step back and be humbled and learn a little. So, because right, right. I also think a good so leader. You were, you were, good. I was going to say, I think a good leader doesn't know it knows they don't know everything like right. you know was it a, a master of uh, you can't be a master of everything you know because you you're not gonna be good at anything <laughs> right right you know so yeah. I, I mean i believe that yeah so uh so you were sitting at the the head coach slot and then you were, you realized that like as a head coach like i'm deficient in a couple areas and so i'm going to give up the seat and then go and go go do the thing that i am i'm short on and then try to get better at it right yeah yeah and and, and i know i i struggle with I mean, I'm good at the, I mean, I've been an offensive line coach, you know, and I, I can do that, right? I could coach defensive line, I coach linebackers. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't know everything about defense and how to stop, you know, and, and I want to learn that. Um, you know, there's some things I want to learn on offense and there's some new cool stuff coming out that I really want to learn, you know, and the part of that is, you know, like the whole, like Texas option, right? So running a triple option out of spread. I, I want to learn that, right? I want to learn different types of defenses because like, I've always been a, a three, four guy. Right. And so like talking football, like I've always been like, I want to learn, but now it's like now the new op defense is a four, two, five. And I want to learn that. And so I want to get better at these other things and, and also learn. I mean, people have different ideas and I'm on a new staff and it's like, I've learned like the other day I was like, we were talking about how do you get into a different front? And I'm like, well, you just line up in it. Well, why don't you stunt to it? Why don't you like, like you have to have three ways to get to a front. I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I think about that before? It's so simple. Um, right. and so, yeah, it's just like, wow. And it's just a different perspective. And, you know, they were taught this way and I was taught this way. And, you know, like I'm not even coaching offensive line for the first time in 19 years. And so wow. like, you know, I was an offensive lineman in high school and college. And, you know, so like, if I look back, I've, I've literally like 20, 31 years, 33 years I've been coaching or playing offensive line. This is the first wow. year in those in 34 years now that I'm not doing either. And it's, I watch the offensive line because it goes through practice and I'm just a defensive coordinator and I'm running defensive line, but he has, I, I'm like, well, that's a great idea. I should have thought of that. Like when I'm a head coach, my offensive line guy's going to do that. You know, it's like, that's great. And so, you know, and, and, you know, I met with my track coaches as like end of the year, we always meet and, you know, Hey, this is what we think went well. And they're like, you need to take more notes you need to have like specific drills. I'm like, you're right. I need to take notes on drills. Like, why don't I do that? It's just things <laughs> like that. Like, like, you know, you get feedback and you don't get mad. You just go, shit, you're right. Shoot. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> so. no, it's like a, baked into that. There's a lot of self-awareness and, and like, seems like and a lot of humility in there. Um, what, like, like, how do you, how did you develop that self-awareness to even know that you were deficient in certain areas? And then how do you like leverage the humility 
to turn around and and be able to say like you know what i need to take a step back and correct these things before i go I, forward i think i think it came from not being the best at everything you know like i you know i had to work hard to be a good football player when i was in high school you know i, I wasn't the biggest i wasn't the fastest um i became the strongest like my i mean i was like okay i gotta find something right so i i like I, I was told, and you know, I had a stepdad who actually was is was ex-military. He passed away a couple of years ago. Um, great guy. Uh, I think he did two tours in Vietnam. Um, great guy, and uh, he taught me, like, so you're not the best, but what are you going to do to be the best? You know, like the hardest working person in the room will be the best. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have God given this. You don't have that. You're not six six. You know. Um, right. you know, my son's almost six, four. Right. So it's like, he's got the size, you know, I'm like, damn him. But you know, my mom's five foot one. So <laughs> <laughs> right. but, yeah, but it's just, I had, I just was taught at a young age that, okay, because you're not the best at it. What are you going to do to get better? You know, like, you know, like Kobe Bryant talks about in his, like a video that I show the kids probably twice a year is, you know, like he would study guys and, and, you know, he would knew what he was bad at and he would work on those in games. Even if it meant he wouldn't score 40 points, he'd only score 22, but he learned how to play with his left hand only. Um, and right. so like, you know, I, I, I was, I got good feedback when I was a kid, like in middle school, you know, junior high and high school, because, you know, my stepdad, you know, and my dad started coming around a lot more when I was in high school. Uh, hey, you need to work on this. You know, you, you're not, you're not, ta you, you're too slow to getting to the tackle. Okay. So how do I get faster? Get I got to recognize faster. So I got to be able to, to do that. So I would watch, 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 watch. And I watched a lot of film. Um, you know, the other thing too, is I was just like, well, I'm just gonna be stronger than everybody else. And I actually got really lucky, which I don't know if people call it lucky, but my junior year, I broke my ankle or my sophomore year during wrestling, I broke my ankle. Um, and I was in a walking cast for six months. Um, and so like, I couldn't do, I couldn't finish wrestling. I couldn't play. I couldn't do track. So I was, I sat out. It's all I did was weightlift and like, I couldn't run. So, but they allowed me to do squats and deadlift. So all I did was squat and deadlift. I mean, I just blew up. I mean, it just went, I mean, I was benching like going into my junior year. I think I was bench pressing over 350 pounds, you know? And so like, cause that's all I did uh, for like eight months. Cause I was in a walking cast for eight months. I got cleared like two weeks before football started in August before my junior year. And my junior year, I just blew, I mean, I just, I just dominated kids. You know, I was like a first team all league offensive defense. And like, I got team MVP. I think I was second in voting in league MVP. And then, you know, it just kind of blew up from there. Right. So, right. But it was just, so, you know, you just find your deficiencies and you got to work on them because if you don't, they're just going to be, you know, your Achilles heel. Right. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like you had some like really good, uh, maybe like not, maybe you had some really good coaches, but other Amazing. just like mentors and other people that, that were able to kind of like say, Hey, look, you, you're not really good here. You need to start working on this. Mm -hmm. And then now you're in a position that you're doing the same thing for, uh, for kids. Yeah. How do you go about correcting somebody in a way that is both um, serious and that they take you seriously, but also uh, you're not being like a demeaning or, or anything to like make them feel like insecure. I think, I think, I think first you have to build a relationship with the kids um, with anybody, you know, as a teacher, you, you know, we spend the first couple of days, like, Hey, I'm, I'm a person too. I, when I get dressed, I put my pants on the same way you do. Right. And so um, part of it is just letting kids know, people know that you're human. Right. Um, but I think you have that relationship where you can tell them anything. Right. Um, you know, the whole thing, like do as I say, not as I do. Well, I think you need to do as I do because I do what I do, um, you right. know, walk the walk. And so part of it is just, they see, you know, like they have that relationship with you. Um, you know, and also the kids know that I'm, I'm a smart ass and, you know, like, like sometimes I'll be serious and sometimes I won't be. Um, but, you know, they can kind of tell, but it's just more like, hey, guys, this is what the expectation is. And and I'm not afraid to tell a kid like, well, you're not very good. I mean, like, you know, your parents might, you know, like I've had kids where like, well, my dad played, you know, my like I had a kid I coached whose uncle played in the NBA for 12 years. Right. And and he's like, I was like, well, you don't play basketball, you play football and you're six foot two. Um, and I've never seen you dunk. So why don't we work on being the best defensive back that you can be? Because there's a ton of six foot two guys playing at NAIA and, you know, division none schools. So let's get really good. And he's a division one defensive back now. I, wow. you know, and, and it's like, like, I, I'm not afraid to tell a kid that, you know, I mean, I think parents, it's hard as a parent. I, I even found myself like, you don't want to hurt your kid's feelings. 
I'm not going to hurt these kids' feelings, but I'm not going to also fill them full of what they don't want to hear or what they right. want to hear. And right. I'm not afraid to tell a kid like, no, you're pretty, you're not a very good athlete or you're not good at this position. Let's try you at this. Um, and I'm also, I want, kids need to fail. Failing is okay. And, you know, you're not going to be the best football player in the world until you fail, until, you know, the guy across from you kicked your butt in a game. And, and how are you going to learn from that? You know, are you going to be, you know, I, I watched my son, my son went to our rival high school. Like my son, I, one game, I think his junior year had eight sacks against us. And I'm just, I'm yelling and screaming, block that damn kid. And they go, bless your son, coach. Uh, it's kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, you're right. He doesn't miss a weight room day, right? I mean, so like, he doesn't have excuses. His dad drops him off at 4.30 in the morning. So shut up. But, you know, but it's the same thing. I mean, you just got to instill a work habit. And the whole thing is just making sure that kids, kids know that you care and that you want what's best for them. Right. Um, you know, and I think kids are, I, I think they want to run through a wall for you. Right. Uh, but they won't run through the wall unless you go and crack it open a little bit first. Right. And I right. think that's how, I, that's how I feel. Like, so you just gotta, you build that relationship show them that you care and then show them that it can be done and they'll do it. Yep. It can be done and, 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 and it will be done. Right. I mean, I think like right. a lot of times kids want to like not have to do something. No, get your ass up. Like I would make my son get up at four 30 in the morning and go weightlifting because they had weightlifting at five and right, my right. ex-wife would take them or I take him or you know what he'd ride his damn bike and right. he did it you know and and you know he he ended up starting all 10 games as a freshman in college and was oh, pretty wow. dang good yeah, yeah. so yeah well, I mean it, but it pays off you know so yeah so um like you talk about like uh, like kind of like living the example that you want your your uh, your students to kind of follow uh, you know follow the footsteps of and even your son you say like you know he he's like four thirty like I'm gonna go to the weight room and I'm gonna be there and so so are you right yeah but you're you're you know, at the time you know, you're a head coach of a, a fairly large you know very diverse school which is its own set of challenges yeah. um, you know you have your own family and you have all, all these things that are going on how do you manage to uh, to manage keeping that example with all of those stressors you're just kind of weighing down in, in your life. Like what's the, what's the secret to, the, to that? Remembering your why, you know, right. like why, why am I doing this? And, you know, I mean, it, even if it's, you know, like Tua, the kid that just graduated from Montana state, if, if it's just helping Tua get to Montana state and he can better his life and his family life, then that's, I'm okay with life. I, I, I did something, you know, I've got a young man right now right. who's, I've got a young man who graduated last year and he's this last year, he went to a junior college down in California and he's doing really good, you know, and, and, but he doesn't have any parents. He lived with his grandma and, you know, I mean, I love the kid, but him and I used to butt heads. He wouldn't listen to me. I wouldn't listen to him, but we kind of came to a medium, right. We came to a happy point and he's doing really good. I mean, he got really good grades. Um, it, I want to see him succeed. And, you know, he's helping guys that are graduating this year that, you know, are going to go play at the same school as he is at down in California. And it's like, there's, he's, he's just grown. And I, I love to see that, you know, and, and his coach said so many great things about him that I was like, he did. I was like, Oh, wow, that's great. You know, like stuff he didn't do here, but he did it. And he said, he learned it from us, you know, me and the other coaches. And I'm like, oh, well, that's why I do it. You know, and, and I'm not here to get like the, you know, like I posted things on social media where it's like, Hey coach, I thought, you know, like this one guy was like, I thought you were an a-hole, um, but you were just demanding and you want what's best for us. And that's, and you're not willing to let us settle. And it's, yeah. I'm not like, why not be the best that you can be? If, you know, like, if, you know, I, I told my kids this, I told, I told like, if you can invent the cure for cancer and you don't, yeah, why not? Like you're, you're, you're screwing over society. The guy that invented the wheel, if he was like, you know what, I'm not gonna share this with anybody. We would not be, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. if you, if you're capable of doing something greater and you don't do it, you let yourself down, you let society down. So let's, I mean, let's do better. I mean, I yeah. think there's so many times we forget that, like, we got to help each other out. You know, like I might not be the same as somebody from Alabama, but who cares? We're, we're all from the, we're all humans. Right. And we're all going to, we all want the same thing. Right. right? Every, I, you can't tell me there's nobody out there, no matter what, that doesn't want to succeed in life, whether right. that's, in athletics or you know having the most money or having the pretty girl or everybody wants something everybody wants to succeed and and why not help everybody get there you know right i i don't i, I, yeah. I just I I mean, learned, uh, like job is something like that so no yeah so um i think it's 
brings out a really good question. So, like, as a chaplain, I end up talking to a, a lot of our soldiers. The, the soldiers are probably just will walk off the, your football field into our formation. And, um, you know, yeah, you know, and so, like, they're um, they're young and, like, uh, you know, 18, 19, up to, like, 21, 22. You, you talk to them and they're like, well, maybe I'll, I'll get out and I'll go do this. Or maybe I'll, I'll do that. Or maybe I want to do this in the military. Or maybe, and, like, they seem to be, like, kind of, like, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the ones who do the best by far are the ones that have a, a rock solid purpose that I'm like, I know new guys that uh, they enlisted, like I'm here to be a sniper and you, you could not get them to do anything other than anything that got them to be a sniper. And they, they were, they're awesome at it. Um, you have like a, a really solid understanding of, of your purpose and your why. How do people find their purpose, their, their, their why? Like, where did you find yours? And what was that process like? Um, I think I found mine. I think I knew my why when I was in junior high. Um, like I referred to coach dad, right. And just who he was and like what he did and what he sacrificed for us. Um, you know, I mean, he went out of his way to make sure that, you know, I, I, I succeeded and I did stuff. And then, you know, I had a really good coach, uh, who was my football coach, wrestling coach. And he, and he was our track coach. Um, I still, he's still, I still talk to him almost probably once or twice a week. Um, his name is Keith Eager. Um, and he is great, great man. Um, and like, he, he just, I mean, he wouldn't let me be a little baby, you know? And, right. and so it's just like, he, he was like, you're not going to like, I, I, he's like, you're not gonna be a bitch, you know? And he never said that, but it's like, I felt like that. Right. And he's right. like, no, like, why would you not succeed? And, and I got to see, and, you know, like we got to hang out with him and his wife who is, you know, Sally is an amazing woman and she does so much and she teaches too. And we would go, you know, like we would go to like wrestling, we'd have dinner at their house and I got to see how they interacted with the, you know, with their kids and their kids are amazing and they all got like track scholarships and they're just, you know, and so, but they're just good people. And so you see that. And I just had that. I just, I got lucky. Um, you know, I was blessed with good coaches. I was blessed with the champs to win. Um, I was blessed with chance to lose. Um, you know, like I was really not a good wrestler. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, I just wrestled because coach eager was the coach and I was like, ah, okay. Um, you know, actually I think I got pinned, um, the fastest in the state of Washington, like four seconds by a guy who was like a four-time state champ who my freshman year just destroyed me. Um, and I think I'm on the record for that, but you know, it's, it is what it is, but well, I didn't that. To hold. <laughs> yeah. Yay. But I didn't, you know, but I, I, I didn't quit. Um, you know, I've never quit, you know, and I never let my kids quit. Uh, I, and I get frustrated with, with kids that quit football, you know, or sports, right? Like, why'd you quit? Well, you know, like I wasn't playing enough. I was like, well, then why not work at getting better? Um, you know, and actually the kids at our school, we talk about a lot and I think they're starting to catch on. Like kids don't play sports because they're afraid to lose. Right. Why are you afraid to lose? Like, then go out and play. But oh, you guys suck. I'm not gonna play for you. Like, that makes no sense. And and I think it's this generation, and it worries me a little bit, honestly, because, like, well, it's just easier to like let it go. And, and like, as a matter of fact, today it's weird, but we got in a conversation with a girl. She's like, I hate history. And I'm like, I was a history major in college. What are you talking about? She's like, Well, history is boring. I said, Why is it boring? I don't know. I was like, You learn from history. And you don't make those same mistakes. That's how. That's why history is important, because you don't yeah. want to keep making those same mistakes over and over. Well, we already are. I said. Well, why is that? Is it because we're complacent and we don't like work hard. Right. Well, yeah. I'm like, seriously. Like, and I, she's one of the kids that I, that interviewed me for like the because the kids are working on something with with a lot of the coaches here. How can we get better? Like, how can we succeed? Because so many kids don't play sports because we suck and i'm not kidding like there are there's probably four division one football players that don't play football at this school they're, they're just big big huge kids yes. that walk around that don't play sports because they because they are either afraid to lose or afraid to compete for whatever reason well so that, that's an interesting correlation because like uh you know we we're right now struggling with a recurrent crisis uh, there's a lot of people that are not joining the military and i wonder if if there's a, a like a component of that that they're they're scared to join because they think they may fail and they don't understand that the, the, the machine is there to try to help them succeed. Like, you know, you're going to show up, exactly. you're going to have like a, a whole cadre of drills are just to help you succeed, you know? Exactly. So I wonder if it's kind of the same psychology. I, I think, I, I mean, and it's something that I think we got, we got to figure out real quick um, yeah. because 
it's going to affect everything. Like, you know, pe people aren't going to the sciences, right? Because it's too hard. I don't want to fail at science. Well, if you can do it, then do it. You know, I think it's, I just, I think, I don't know. It's, it's not like, I mean, I talk about this generation of kids, but like my son is 19, like, but I don't, he doesn't, he's not afraid to fail, you know, right. Like, you know, he, he wrestling. I mean, he was really good, but he didn't make state his senior year. Cause he got hurt. You know, he like, he, he uh, like dislocated his shoulder. So he, he didn't qualify, you know, it's just like, but right. he still wrestled, you know? Yeah. He still, you know, tried, he still right? went, yeah, he still went out for stuff and now he's in, like, but it's just like, so there's exceptions, right? But I, I mean, I, and you can't just say like everybody in this generation is afraid to lose right, or they don't right. do anything. Because but it's a trend for sure. Yeah. 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 So what makes the difference then between the kids that, that look at things and they say like, I, I don't want to do this because I may fail. And the kids that are just like, I want to do it and I may fail, but I want to do it anyways. I think, I think part of it is, is that I think there's too many sheep and not enough shepherds. And yeah. if that makes sense, um, there's too many followers. And so I feel like the followers are the ones that are like, well, I don't want to lose. So I'm not going to go out. Right. And I think that the shepherds, the leaders are like, I don't care. You know, like I'm going to be better yeah. for it. You know, and, I mean, I don't know if you played football in high school, but like, do you remember the wins and losses? No. Do you remember the after the game, the ex excitedness or like, you know, like, I mean, there's certain things that I remember even in college, like, I don't, re I remember the road trips down to like XYZ school, right. Or doing this or doing that, or, you know, like one kid broke his arm. Cause we like pushed him in a shopping cart in a parking lot. Right. And he fell out and hit a curb. Right. I remember <laughs> that, you know, fun <laughs> stuff. And, and I think kids are, kids don't realize that it's, there's other stuff just besides on the field, you know, right. and there's, you know, the camaraderie and the friendships that you have. And I think there's too many, there's too many followers. There's too many kids that are like, that's just easier not to, you know, and it's like, you know, and, and, and nobody likes to, I mean, I don't like to lose. I mean, I hate losing, you know, yeah. and, and, but I also know I got to get better from losing and right. nobody's ever died from losing. Right. You bring kind of like the team dynamics is more than just being out on the field playing because we had had that same kind of thought with the, the military. We're like, well, how do we, how do we show people that, or get people to kind of come in uh, into uh, the Washington national guard? And we're just like, well, you know, there's a lot more, I mean, like, I get phone calls uh, from other soldiers every day, especially late at night. There's there's two or three of them that every single day on their way home, they're calling me or they're texting me or whatever. We're in a group text. One of them's birthday. We were trying to orchestrate somebody to jump in in, in uh, the building that he worked. Uh, yeah. you know? and, like, there's all these like other these social dynamics that, that go with it that like it's really difficult to put that on a recruiting poster. That's just like, hey, look, you know, join this and like you you will have a community and a, and a, a group of friends. Uh, you know, for the rest of your life, for, for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, it's like, there's a reason why, like, like the guys that were in Band of Brothers always meet every year, right? And, yeah, and there's yeah. a reason, I mean, it's not because they don't like each other. It's not because all we got to do is photo op. It's because they genuinely care for each other, right? And it's beyond what happens here. It's it's all of this, you know, and like, like I love introducing my son to like guys I played with in college and high school. Like, I mean, like, I just, I love, I love bringing, because like, they're my family, you know, and, and you know, like, it was, it's kind of a weird story, but like, I want to say four years ago, my niece got in a car accident, and we, and my sister still lives in Renton, and my niece got in a car accident, and the guy was yelling at, like, the, the kid who was about her age was yelling at her, and um, they were exchanging stuff, and the guy's yelling, yelling, so I was like, who's yelling at my niece, right, so I, you know, I'm a big family guy. And so I go down to the accident and I see, I kind of, I recognize the kid for, for some reason. Well, the kid's dad showed up because I showed up. Well, the kid's dad, I played football with in high school. And it's like, immediately it's like, oh, he's family. He's cool. We're, we're cool. Like we're all family. And so it was like, settle down. But it's like, that's why we do what we do. Right. And so and that's why yeah, you introduce yeah. your family and introduce your people. Because like, at the end of the day, that kid, uh, he's, I mean, I know the kid now. I, I've seen him. I say hi. I hug. I give him a hug. He's my family, right? And that's yeah. it's family. And I think that people need to be part of something in order to feel wanted and loved. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. That's like uh, so. Like uh, I'm actually doing this from Texas. Like, uh, but I'm in the Washington National Guard because yeah. we lived up there for years, and uh, I joined there and I left. I remember after that happened, people were like, "Well, are you, you do an interstate transfer, go to the other people." And I kind of called around, but I was like, you know. 
honestly, I, I don't wanna, I don't leave my buddies. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like if they all left, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll go somewhere else. But like uh-huh. the reality of it is, is that like you know, it doesn't matter what another state can offer. That like you're not gonna replace them. You know, no, and, and you're not. that's that's kind of why I say. So and you, you probably always could be like, yeah. you know what? I can go. I can go to Oregon. Like for me, because Willamette's in Oregon, I can go down there and I can call up my buddy and he's like, hey, stay at my house. We'll have dinner. Well, and you know, I went down to California. Hey, swing! I swing by three guys' houses, and we hang out, and we have lunch or whatever. Like you always have that, right? And you always—I mean, in this—you know—some of these guys I haven't seen for ten years, and they're like, "Yeah, swing by, I got you." And it's yep, like yep. you don't—I don't have that camaraderie with people I used to work with, right? Like I—I I mean, there's no way I'd call up, you know, this guy and be like, "Hey, hey, Simon, I'm here," and he's like, "Who the hell are you?" Right? But you know, I call <laughs> up my friend. I call my and everybody has nicknames in the military, and, and yeah. you know, like my guys. And so like, like G Wood, what's up? Hey, I'll be, I'm coming through Tracy, California, swing by, you know, Hey, uh, Dexter, I'm coming through, uh, you know, he lives in Woodland, California, swing by, we'll have dinner, you know, where are you staying? Oh, I got a hotel. No, you're not, you're staying at my house, you know, like, and so that's what you do. Right. And, you know, I, I, I could go down to Texas and I, I know people down there. And so it's just like, you know, guys, I went to the Air Force Academy with, I can call them up and Hey, I mean, I went to New York for my spring break. I saw three guys I played with in football, right? right. It's, just, it's a family and it never changes no matter what. Like I could probably be 60, 70 years old and I haven't seen a guy for 40 years and I'm sure we can pick right up. Yeah, right. And it's like, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you dictate that military benefit or that football benefit to the people? I'll, I'll tell you a crazy story that's kind of along that line. Um, I'm working at an event that'll happen in October, uh, out in, uh, Shelton. It's like the 24 hour okay. limits. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like all these junker cars. They race. Have you ever heard oh. of it? Yeah. I think I've been. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It yeah. Was, I, cool. I, I had an ex-girlfriend from Shelton. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so we're trying to put this together for, uh, for the car. And, uh, I ended up talking to uh, Jigs racing. I was like, Hey, could y'all give us some stuff you know, to help, help with the race? You know, cause we don't have like a budget for it. We're just trying to try to do this all haphazard. Yeah. And um, I get this random text from one of my old, like, active duty buddies that I haven't, like, I we I got out of active duty in 2011. So this is, like, decade old. And he was, yeah. he was like, hey, like, um, like, are you trying to get something from Jags? I was like, do you work there? And he was, he was like, no, but one of, my, one of his other Army buddies knew that. And so he was like, who is this guy? So he did a Facebook search and saw that me and Joel were friends. And uh-huh. so he's like, hey, I want to give you his number. And so the dude uh, calls me up. He goes, Hey, I'm, I'm greasing the skits for you back here, trying to make this work and all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, well, that's, that's like one in a million, you know, but that's the kind of like power those networks have. You like, know, and, that, and how do you, how do you, how do you quantify that? It's just like, like college, can. right? Like college networking yeah. is huge. And, you know, I mean, like, you know, if I see somebody went to Lamont, I'll probably hire them, you know, and, or like if, you know, if you graduated yeah. from Washington state or, or UW and you hire those guys. Right. And I mean, it's just like, how do you put money on that? How do you quantify that? How do you, you know, and, the military thing is too, it's like, yeah. I mean, you really, that's your brother or your sister. Right. And I think football is kind of the same way. I mean, those guys that I played with will always be my brother and no matter what, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and these, and I will never not think of these young men that I coach and these women that I coach as my own children, uh, whether they want me or not, you know, to think of them as that they will always be my kid, you know, and, you know, I, I coached a couple of years at Tahoma out in Maple Valley uh, before I came back to KM and, those boys, there's like three boys and they go to Whitworth, which is over in Spokane. And they play my son every year in football down at Willamette now. And I mean, I went down there and my son knows them because he was younger. He was in junior high when they were in high school. He remembers them. And, and we, we actually went to dinner and you know, we hang out, we talk, you know, it's just, but those kids are always my son, you know, and it's just, I always think of that, you know, and, and, and I know my son, my own son gets frustrated because he's like, you know, you spend so much time with other kids. I'm like, yeah, but you've got great parents. You know, your mom's an amazing woman. You know, you've got a great support system in the other parts of her family. Um, a lot of these kids don't have that. And so, yeah. you know, it's just like, I'm not trying to fill a void, but I know what it's like not to have that. And so I'm making sure everybody has the same opportunity as you. And, you know, I try not to, you know, I love my little guy. I mean, he's not little, but I mean, I love my little boy more than anything. And, you know, I try to like, I'm always there for him, you know, and whatever he needs, I'm trying my best, you know, so it's, but these, I've got these other kids too. I got to help out too. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's been about an hour, so I, I, yeah. I don't want to keep up uh, forever, man. But it's been a, a real joy talking to you. I really appreciate. I, it. I would love to talk to you. I, I, I'll come on anytime you ask. Okay, I, uh, I, absolutely. You're a great dude. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying my best, I suppose. <laughs> but we all are, right? That's all we can do. Right, right. So. All right. Well, thanks, man.
Thank you. Anytime. Yep. This has been the Raven Report Podcast, the official podcast of the 81st Striker Brigade Combat Team. If you're interested in seeing if you have what it takes to join our team, go to our Instagram and click the link in the bio. Click the join link and connect with us.